0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Saturday Morning Rewind. For the safety of you and others, please make sure all hands, feet,
1: and arms remain inside. And please, watch your children. And now, let the show begin.
0: Welcome to Saturday Morning Rewind. A show dedicated to the love of animation and feeling like a kid again. So, let's go back in time to when Cats defended Third Earth. Sword of Omens, give me sight beyond sight. A masked duck protected the streets of St. Canard. I am the terror
1: that flaps in the night.
0: And knowing was half the battle. Yo, let's go back with Saturday Morning Rewind and your host, Tim Nydell. Hey, what's up guys? Tim Nadell here from Saturday Morning Rewind. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm kind of sad to say that this is our conclusion to our Jim Henson month that we've been doing here. But at the same time, I am actually super excited because this is a really fun and good interview. It's with the one and only Lisa Henson, daughter of Jim Henson himself. And she's actually the current CEO of the Jim Henson company, which is really cool. So In this interview, I think you're going to find out a lot of new things about Jim Henson. Not the puppeteer, maybe, but Jim Henson, the father, the father side of him. And of course, you'll hear all about Lisa Henson herself. And yeah, like I said, I love this interview. I I actually didn't expect to get it. I reached out to the Henson company asking for an interview for this month. And I didn't expect an answer, but they were so gracious and so, so welcoming. And Lisa, she couldn't have been any nicer. So I really think you guys are going to love this episode. Of course, make sure to check us out online, SaturdayMorningRewind.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Check out our Patreon campaign if you want to help us out financially. Again, everything's at SaturdayMorningRewind.com. But like I said, this is a really cool interview. I think it's going to be a, a rare one. So hope you guys really enjoy it. Here it is. Lisa, so thank you. This is a huge honor to have you on.
1: Very nice to join you.
0: So I was born in 1980, and honestly, I, th- I think Jim Henson was the Walt Disney of my generation. I grew up watching him. I grew up admiring him. He, I have a list of, of three people that I admire. It's Walt Disney, my dad, and Jim Henson. So the Henson and the Henson family, they mean everything to me. So thank you so much for your time.
1: What a sweet uh, thing to say. i love to hear that.
0: So before we talk about current events, let's go back a little ways. Um, Who or what inspired your dad? Do you know?
1: Well, my father was very creative as a young child, and he tried all kinds of things. He loved to illustrate and um, build things. He was kind of a maker in a way. He really wanted to get into television. So he never considered that he was going to become a puppeteer. He was fascinated by the new technology of television in the late 50s, and he um, he responded to an ad at the local in the local uh, television station where they were looking for young puppeteers. So he suddenly he was a puppeteer. He put together a, 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 a an act and he went in and auditioned and he he was able to suddenly be on television, which was his dream uh, through being a puppeteer and during his whole life he kind of went back and forth between identifying himself as a puppeteer and identifying himself as a different sort of artist, mm-hmm. a, a film and television artist so he he, he had sort of two identities creative mm-hmm. identities
0: And what about when he created a new puppet do you know that if you use any like personal references like families or friends when creating either a personality or the looks of a certain puppet?
1: Usually the characters are a little bit more um, universal. Like they might represent an archetype of, you know, Miss Piggy is not based on one, one female character. She's kind of a, a brassy dame that's uh, like kind of a universal archetype of that character very occasionally he would base a character on somebody in particular he there was an agent character on the muppet show that was a little bit based on his famous agent (laughs) bernie yes but most of the characters were not not based on anybody in particular
0: oh because i would love to hear a story about there's a certain muppet based on lisa
1: (laughs) (laughs) i would have been very grumpy about that as a child
0: So how come you didn't get the spark of, of puppetry when, when you know because Jim Henson was your dad and, and then Brian your brother I mean your brother is grown up you know following his footsteps how come you never got that urge to be a puppeteer?
1: Well, I was very close to my father and I worked with him on the production side and the, the scripts, the development, the original ideas for things um, were the kind of things that we would talk about. And my father kind of directed each of his kids into the business in a different way. So he saw Brian as being very technically brilliant and he was teaching about a lot of technical things including performing but also the technical side of that. Mm-hmm. And Brian ultimately became a, a director because he is, you know, both a really funny performer and a very technical person. Um, my sister Cheryl, who is also very artistic, was building puppets and she loved to do costuming in school. So my father you know, was really encouraging her on the on the building and workshop side of things. And, um, and it's funny, I never thought that I didn't get into the business. I just didn't get into the puppeteering. That's true. So I've always been pretty involved with the business.
0: That's true. It's like a perfect, you know, balance because Brian can handle that side and now you can handle the other side of it.
1: Mm-hmm. But Brian's very good at business and development now too. Like, I think we've all blurred our roles a little bit, particularly my sister Cheryl who who is very good at development and business and never was meant to be um, just working in the workshop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but we all, we, you know, he liked to kind of work with all of us in different ways.
0: Now, speaking to Cheryl, I actually, you know, the, the biography on uh, by Brian J. Jones. Yes. I listened to the audio book, which is like 22 hours long. And oh my God. there's that one part where he talks about you and Cheryl when you were five and she was four getting ran over by your mom's car. Mm-hmm. That, as a, a, a parent myself, I gasped. I mean, what was that like? It said that you had nightmares for many years after I that. I have
1: to say, I don't think anybody has ever asked me about that in an interview, and <laughs> and, and yet it was a very important event in my life, yeah. clearly. Um, to so narrowly escape death, you know, and, and yet nobody ever asked me about it, but you happen to have been a close reader of the <laughs> of the biography. Yes. I, the person I feel the most for in that story is my mother, because yes. I'm a mother of two, and if I saw my children go down in front of the car with me driving, I don't know if I would ever recover from that. No. So, you know, the, she was very lucky that we went between the wheels. It was really not her fault, because she, our driveway was on a was on a blind curve, and you had to take the driveway kind of quickly so as not to get rear-ended by the people coming along behind. So she she always drove into the driveway quickly, and um, and we had no business playing on the ground in the driveway, but that's what we were doing. Well, of course, you're four and um, five.
0: Where else are you going to play?
1: Well, we should not have been there, and we <laughs> had a babysitter too. So oh wow! I, that's where I lay the That's where I lay the blame.
0: Yes. Yeah, I think that really sticks out to me because we have a driveway. It's very long, but we have like a giant hedge on the side of the house. And if you park past the hedge, you can't see anything. So I actually park like right next to the road, even though I have a ton of space in front of me because I don't want to back over my kids.
1: Yeah, that's a really good idea. It's a really good idea.
0: Mm -hmm. I, I know a lot about Jim Henson, the man, you know, behind the Muppets. But tell me about Jim Henson, the dad.
1: Oh, um well, my father was was a very loving father. Um, he did travel a lot, he did work away from home. There were periods of times where he lived in he lived in London while we were in in high school for and we would see him on vacation. so there were periods of time where he wasn't available, but generally he was very available to us, very emotionally available, and always ready. To plunge into projects with us creative projects we had we were constantly painting and building and animating and doing every doing mosaics doing every kind of creative project in the house so whenever he came home from work he was really particularly on the weekends ready to do art projects with us my mother was also an art teacher at times so mm. the whole household was very artistic and we weren't you know, we didn't do the Muppets at home. We did like other kinds of projects, the kinds of things that regular families do. We did those things, but more intensively. So we made and created all kinds of elaborate Christmas ornaments or Aww. extremely elaborate Easter eggs. <laughs> so we did the, we did normal things just more.
0: <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, I was always wondering if he was able to turn his creative oh, mind. Elaborate
1: off. pumpkins. Sorry. Oh yeah. Really, really complicated beautiful jack-o'-lanterns that my father would, would carve. But he, he felt very peaceful at home, kind of doing the artwork.
0: Yeah, nice. Did your dad have a, a, a favorite movie besides, and it's something he didn't work on. Did he have a favorite movie?
1: Um, Let me think about that. We can come back to okay. it. I, have to, I, I really ought to know that, but I can't, really, can't quite think of it
0: at the moment. I talked to Carol Spinney last night for an interview, and he told me that, one of the things he remembers doing with Jim was taking him to see *The Princess Bride*, and how much he loved that movie. Mm-hmm. So it was fun to hear that story because I have never heard that he liked *The Princess Bride*.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what his favorite movies were as a kid or as a young adult. I, when I when I was when I was a young adult, I remember that he loved this TV series *Pennies from Heaven*, and he loved the hmm. the. The weaving of of fantasy and reality was a Dennis Potter um, miniseries that was made in England and okay. it was made into a feature with Steve Martin. But it was really the TV series that he loved, and he was very inspired by that for some of his later work. But the earlier, I know he absolutely loved Disney's Sleeping Beauty. Oh yes, you can see the influence of the of the creatures, the monsters. Um, in in his creatures and monsters. That's, There's a really, really close connection with those.
0: That's with true. That. Yeah, I've never noticed that. That's so true. And what about a favorite memory of you and your dad?
1: Hmm. Well, we have, I don't know, we have so many memories. I know. He loved to take um, really fun vacations and bring his family and coworkers together on those vacations, so... We did some we did some fun things that were a little extravagant, but they also had a good sense of sort of carefree adventure. One of my favorite ones is we went hot air ballooning in France, and you know he was he would just embrace any kind of you know fun activity like that, um, and he felt very very fortunate to to have experienced the success that he had in his life, and he expressed that good fortune and gratefulness Mm -hmm. all the time. And he never took it for granted or felt or any, didn't um, he didn't have any negativity towards anybody in his, you know, who had, who had sort of passed on the way he just really worked hard to keep his relationships positive and, and have a overall very positive outlook on life.
0: Yeah, I, that's one of the things I learned from the audiobook was that if like even during the the Disney time when he's you know talking with Katzenberg and and, and uh, Eisner, you know he mm-hmm. had he had kind things to say even though not so kind things were happening.
1: Yeah, he had a lot of um, a lot of hope for the combination of the Disney and the Muppets, which of Disney company and the Muppets, which is why we went forward with mm-hmm. selling the Muppets to Disney because. It was something he felt so positively about, and even as that deal dragged on, he, on a business sense, creatively, he was very excited about everything that was coming to pass, and he had a fantastic time directing the 3D movie for um, for the park. And you know, we did we we felt like the best thing we could do for his legacy would complete that 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 marriage between Mm -hmm. Disney and Muppets and it's funny because we the Muppets were one of the first franchises that the Disney company bought that wasn't originated at Disney and then since then it's been so many more Marvel, Pixar, Lucasfilm that the the Henson Muppets deal is sort of dwarfed by those deals but we were I believe one of the very first ones.
0: I think so yeah it's, it's a huge deal. So when you were uh, promoted to Executive Vice President at Warner Brothers. Your dad sent you flowers because he was so proud of you. And in the audio book, it said you had those flowers still when he passed away. Did you keep those flowers? No.
1: Okay. (laughs) I don't think so. I went back east and didn't come back for so long. I'm sure the flowers went in the trash. Yeah. But it it was such a bittersweet time because it was very happy for a week and then very sad yes. for a long time after that, because I was also promoted on my birthday on May 9th because my boss at the time was kind and sentimental and he, he thought it would be great for me to have my promotion in the paper on my birthday. That was a, mm. a man named Mark Canton. And so he had arranged for this to be like the best week of my life. And then a week later, my father died. and It was just awful.
0: Yeah. I remember where I was when you're when I heard the news because May sixteenth is my birthday.
1: Oh it's your birthday. Oh it is. great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was at least that didn't happen to me right on my <laughs> no. birthday.
0: I was ten years old and I was having my birthday party and that's when I found out and it hit me pretty hard. Oh
1: I'm sorry. Yeah.
0: So tell me what is next for the Henson Company. Don't you have something coming up that you wanted to talk about?
1: Well, we have a lot of things. We we're so busy producing new, um, new programming, particularly new series for kids. I think in a, in a in less than a one-year period of time, we're launching four new series on the air. So we've been, it's been a really busy year for us. Um, we very recently premiered the first of those on Netflix, which is Word Party. And then we have um, Dot, Randy, based on Randy Zuckerberg's book, um, Dot is a is an animated series that premieres on Sprout. Then we have Splash and Bubbles, which is a brand-new PBS kids' series about marine biology. And then we have, again on Netflix, Julie's Green Room with Julie Andrews um, in early 2017. So just doing that much production has, has kept us pretty busy, and most of what we do is, is original Um You know, we hope that kids will not only appreciate what we were, but what we are now and what we will be in the future.
0: Nice. And I read that there's a Jim Henson exhibit at the Center for Puppetry Arts in Georgia.
1: Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, In Atlanta, the Center for Puppetry Arts is pretty much the only center of its kind that focuses completely on puppetry. So they have live events, they have um, they have training, they, have, they actually have support for academics there as well. They do, obviously, outreach to school children to come there. They even have distance learning for kids who are in disadvantaged classrooms and no arts programs. And for us, the most important thing is they just opened a beautiful new puppetry museum there. And half of it is the World Puppetry Collection, which, talks, which is about all kinds of puppet traditions both traditional and modern, all, and it's really beautiful um, exhibit, and then the Jim Henson exhibit um, is the other half of it. And we donated hundreds of puppets, and then the Center for Puppetry Arts um, restored the puppets and mounted these gorgeous exhibits that sort of they, the puppets never have looked better, and it's, it's such a rewarding experience to go there. I really hope people will make the journey and, and check out that new museum.
0: Yeah, I would love to go. Is there anything you can tell me about the Fraggle Rock movie that's being made?
1: Well, it's in. it, it was announced that it was in development, um, and it's also been announced that Joseph Gordon-Levitt is involved with it, and there really isn't anything else I could say at the moment because it would be kind of jumping the
0: gun. Mm-hmm. Well, from what I've heard, it sounds like a, a lot of fans are involved, and it sounds like it's going to be something that Jim would really love.
1: I hope so, <laughs> I hope so
0: <laughs> so as as a parent now, does your outlook on the company has it changed at all since you become a parent?
1: Well, I never worked in the company until I was a parent
0: okay and
1: that's been an that was an important shift for me because when I was younger, when I was in my twenties and thirties, I had a very robust career independent of the Henson Company, so I was an executive at Warner Brothers. I was the president of Columbia. And then when I had kids, it coincided with a time where I felt like the company could use me, and so, and actually, the entire time that I've been a parent, I've been back at the Henson Company, and there, it's always easier and more relevant to be doing um, children's programming when you've got kids. Cause exactly. You actually see what they what they enjoy, what they're consuming, what they maybe shouldn't be consuming. It's all a lot. It's all very relevant, and and you know, important when you're a parent.
0: Yeah. I have three girls myself, so I completely understand. All right, Lisa. And where can people find out more information about the Jim Henson company?
1: They can definitely go online to Henson.com, but there's also, there are individual Facebook pages for the company and for every one of our shows and there's also a, a pretty vibrant Facebook page um, called the Henson Family Hub, which is a good place for parents to go and get resources about our programming. So, we're, you know, there's a lot available online, and we've been trying to build that up over time and make more resources available online for fans. Like, for instance, the thedarkcrystal.com is a great fan site mm. with contests and all kinds of ways to where we included the fans in the building out of the Dark Crystal universe, but also for parents who might be more less on the, less nerding out about the past and just interested in our new programs Mm -hmm. and about, you know, young children and young children's development. So, you know, we hope to kind of include all, anybody who might want to interact with the Henson Company, you know, with our online resources.
0: Nice. Lisa, thank you so very much for your time. Um, I want to thank you and your whole family for everything you've done because without you, a lot of us wouldn't have the childhood that we had. So thank you.
1: Oh, you're very sweet. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks for listening to Saturday Morning Rewind.
1: Please check them out on Facebook and Twitter. And That's all, folks.